Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Shireen Magadan. Hello, Shireen. Hi, hi, Anita. How are you? I am very well. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show. Um, we are, we are worlds apart right now um i'm in the states and and where are you i'm in dubai in dubai awesome how's the weather in dubai it's getting cooler now but it's not as cool as what uh, you have <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah actually uh it's been like kind of summertime uh we were at a football game yesterday and it was in the 70s so it was really nice well, um, I'm more a metric person. Okay. <laughs> so I know that 29 degrees over here centigrade. Okay. I don't know with without uh, an app on my phone how to translate <laughs> that into Fahrenheit, but uh, yeah. So, so Shireen, you have had a couple of published books, and your most recent release is called Bloodlines. Which um, yes, it that they came out this past June. Is that correct? Yes, it did. Uh, can you tell us about this story? Well, um, Bloodlines is a sequel to my uh, first book called Lifelines, and it's about these two characters, um, a doctor and an Interpol agent. Obvi obviously, they are a couple, uh, but they uh, met in the first book. And the first book is actually a journey um, of these two people. Um, this uh, The doctor, Dr. Sarah, comes in as a medical student, a first-year medical student. It starts from her first day in medical college and the cases she um, sees and she, um, you know, solves medical-legal cases with this um, Interpol agent who is actually first a local police person and then um, when... They had problems with the, you know, relationship. She um, went into Interpol so that they could be more internationally recognized. Then Bloodlines uh, addresses the issue that um, uh, Pakistanis or uh, South Asian people who live abroad, they usually kidnap their children so that the children go and um, get married to people of their choice. So in in a sense, I've taken that issue and um, um, sort of it's 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 more of a adventure, so to say, because uh, the doctor is kidnapped by her parents and her brother, and then they sort of um, find out stuff, and they go all over the place into the mountains, into the north, and the trains, uh, planes, and <laughs> railway stations, and everything. Mm -hmm. Everything's uh, in in that wow that is quite an adventure so um is that it i mean it sounds like there's it it's based on some uh truth and some actual events that happen where children are kidnapped yeah i try to you know just like my um first book has medical um cases that i have dealt with myself okay. in my college and in um my residency and obviously in my professional life because I'm a doctor myself. Okay. And um, 
each and every case that I've dealt with had a little uh, story with it, with, um, you know, people and, and, you know, a lot of things were actually addressed, the transgenders, the um, uh, gynecological problems and orthopedic problems. That basic, you know, even though it's uh, based in Pakistan, I found that a lot of the... Uh, ignorant questions that some people ask uh -huh. are actually international uh -huh. rather than uh, only locally um, there. And then it also addresses how people, you know, um, actually should uh, should look at the medical field. Mm -hmm. yeah. The um, second one, bloodlines, is basically on how, 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 you know, you should actually let a person live their own life. You this uh, Dr. Sarah's mother is German, but she still is integrated so much in in the uh, times of the Second World War that she hasn't opened her mind out to anything. Okay, so does this you know? take place in the current uh, like day and time? Well, the first one's in in the seventies. Okay, uh, mid to late seventies, early eighties. And the second one is uh, mid eighties. Okay, so it's and a it's couple... a it's a it's, it's a trilogy. I mean, the third one's not ready yet, but the third one is in the mid nineties. <laughs> oh, okay. So we are progressing through the decades. Um, yes. Okay, and then um, and does this practice still go on today, where children are kidnapped and kind of forced into a life that they they don't really want? It happens, though uh, now um, Britain has taken a stand. It used to happen a lot in England. I don't know about America myself, but I know about England because I've had a few friends that it happened to. Um, but they have now NGOs and the government is putting their foot down. These people have, uh, the children have rights because obviously they are British citizens. Mm -hmm. And um, if, if at all they're taken out of the country without their own consent, I think uh, usually the parents say, well, we are taking you for a holiday and then they take the passports away when they reach their destination and all that, which is really tricky. Yeah. But um, as I said, now they have, um, uh, you know, call centers in the in all the embassies okay. and um, these people have their own lives and they have their own rights now. Okay. And it, it doesn't only happen in Pakistan, it happens in India and in, in the Arabian countries in Sri Lanka, all, all these South Asian places. Okay. All right. And so I thought it would be nice to address it, you know, to see how a person can get out of it. Yeah. So Dr. Sarah, and what is the name of the police officer? Uh, her name is uh, Agent Tanya. Agent Tanya. And so they meet and obviously fall in love with each other and try to create a life together um, in lifelines, right? Um, yes, but uh, Dr. Sarah's parents have other ideas for her, um, and and so the um, th that's where the adventure begins. Then, right? Um, yes, in in bloodlines. <laughs> okay, in bloodlines. So Agent Tanya tries to um, intervene and and catch up with uh, the love of her life. Um, Exactly. Okay. It, it's sort of like a, a chase all through the uh, mountains and the riverbeds and wow. the, south, so, in the desert. 
So were you familiar with all of the terrain and all of these areas or did you have to do some research? Well, um, uh, I was very lucky. My father was in the army and we um, moved every two years and uh, he loved exploring. So um, he used to take us by car or to all over the, uh, sorry, all over these places, especially in the northern areas. Um, Not everybody was allowed in the northern areas because at the time, they were uh, uh, considered tribal areas that had been segregated by the British. But um, now, obviously, a lot of more people are allowed to go there. But we, through my father's military contacts, were able to go all over the place. And it's really beautiful because I think it's even more beautiful than Switzerland, you know, because all the craggy mountains and the second highest uh, mountain in the world is there. And wow. well, uh, let's say I've, I've traveled. I've traveled all through um, this, uh, uh, where whatever place has been mentioned, I've, I've traveled there. That's awesome. That that saved you a lot of time on research. <laughs> it did, it did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my third book, uh, there's also a lot of travel, which is, um, I'll just give you a hint that um, my parents and uh, my, fa- my whole family, my parents and my siblings, when we were kids and, and the roads were still open when they didn't have all these uh, weird wars, we did the journey thrice um, by car from Pakistan to Austria. My mother's Austrian. So um, we went from Pakistan uh, to Iran, to Afghanistan, uh, Turkey, Bulgaria, Yugoslavia at the time, and then Austria, Germany, etc. We, we went by car. So I've, uh, I, I really love that there are such good memories that have incorporated these, this journey into the book, uh, into the third book. Yeah, that sounds like, like quite a trek that you made several times, you know, and, and in my mind, I'm envisioning, um, the sound of music, um, (laughs) because it said Austrian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even before that, like when you were talking about, you know, making your way through the mountains and, and hiding and, and, you know, it just, that I don't know, that's what came to mind for me, but now it, it kind of solidifies that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, my, my mother and my father, they just loved exploring. And uh, my father, he would uh, take us to all these major cities. And it used to be a standard operating procedure that he used to take us into the museums. And then when we used to leave the city, we used to be quizzed on what we saw. I love love that you used the term, it was standard operating procedure to go to the museum because that's (laughs) that's such a military term, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, Well, I I worked for Pfizer also. SOPs were also very much there. (laughs) Ah, got it, got it. Okay. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, but but in any case, uh, um, I think we had a very well-rounded education uh, due to my father's uh, love for exploration, history, geography, um, geopolitical um, incidences, etc. We had to know the names of every president and every prime minister and, uh, when we passed through the country. We weren't allowed to sleep in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. That is an education that you cannot gain by sitting you know, in a classroom, for sure. Not at all. And my brother and I, we love museums. Now, I, um, a couple of years ago when we didn't have this COVID stuff, um, we went to the British Museum and his wife called us maybe a couple of hours later. Where are you? We're in the museum. 
okay, fine. Then she calls her after another couple of hours, where are you? In the museum. <laughs> so the, the the security guy had to kick us out, you know, <laughs> because uh, everything everything we saw, we were just discussing it. It was so much fun, you know. Oh, that's great. So you and your brother are very close. It sounds like all three siblings. Uh, we have a baby sister also. We all we are all to be very close. Oh, that's so nice. Um, and I'm sure she's not a baby, but. It's nice that you still call her your baby <laughs> sister. <laughs> she's, ten years, she's 10 years younger than me. And we always, my brother and I have always been very protective to her. Oh, that's wonderful. Protective. So, um, yeah, she's our baby. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So um, you mentioned that you have a third book coming out. Um, yes. Do you have a name for that yet? That will be called Heartlines. Heartlines. Nice. Because it will be dealing with uh, child smuggling and uh, uh, slavery, I guess, white slavery. Oh, okay. All right. Wow, you are dealing with some pretty heavy topics. Yeah, well, I thought, you know, um, uh, if if I'm going to write, might as well, you know, uh, put a bit of uh, information in it and uh, in, in a entertaining manner so that people are... Uh, more or less to create an awareness and um, maybe uh, in the long run see what can be done for it. Yeah, that's wonderful. It really is. I, I um, you know, I, I guess from watching some, you know, TV shows, I, I understood that this was a practice, but I didn't know that it was so prevalent still. Um, it is actually, um, you know, especially with the uh, with the West, uh, they they buy the babies actually, um, and and uh, well to give them their um, due, you know, they, they usually think that the children are genuine orphans, but many children are just kidnapped from their homes. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, or if there's a disaster area, just like if there's a yeah. flood or a earthquake or something like that. These children are harvested, more or less. Oh, my goodness. And, and and no one's asked whether they have their parents still there or whether um, they have anybody to support them, anything. They're just picked up and uh, bundled off. Oh, how awful. Oh, poor parents. And a lot of the children, um, just like in the north of Pakistan, the children are very European-looking because... Um, at the time for Alexander the Great, his and a lot of his soldiers left uh, stayed there. So there are a lot of children with blue eyes and gray eyes and uh, blonde hair. And really? All. Yeah, and so um, they are very much in demand in the Western um, countries. Oh my goodness, that is sad. So um, when can we expect to see Heartlines out on the market? Well, my uh, publisher had said the end of the year, but I don't think it will be because I'm I'm at the moment in, uh, on the last two chapters. Okay. And um, to tell you the truth, I'm one of those writers that doesn't know when, what's going to happen in the next chapter until I actually sit down and write it. Okay. A, pa and a my, pantser. A pantser, exactly. And it's so much fun, actually. It's more fun than, you know... Um, uh, writing, uh, making a roadmap or something like that. Uh, and my um, editor, she is always, you know, she's saying, you make me sit at the seat of my pants because I really am excited to know what's going to happen next. 
Oh, that's wonderful. If my editor is that it must be okay. <laughs> that is like really probably the highest praise you can get if your editor is just so enthralled and waiting for, you know, the next chapter. That's that's awesome. Definitely. I I find it's a big um uh what you call it compliment because yeah. I never thought I would be an uh, a writer. And it's uh, my publisher, who's a friend of mine. Um, she just said, uh, "Why don't you try it?" Yeah. So I just um, I started off by writing Zena fan fiction. That's great! Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I just wrote one, and uh, my friend, who's uh, Mary D from Auszip Publishers, uh, publishing, she uh, just put it on her website, and she said, "There's a trifactor over here." I said, what's that? She said, first time author, first time writing fan fiction, and first time getting an award. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Which award did you receive? Oh, there, she has these Zippy Awards on her oh, uh, website. Oh, okay. Just to, just to um, uh, acknowledge the better writers and all that. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. And then from there, it sort of snowballed from there. Yeah. So that's how you got your start then? Yes, I did. Oh, that's wonderful. That's like a, a fairy tale. <laughs> well, uh, it would be even more fairy tale like if people would just read the book. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, people will hear uh, more about your books uh, by listening to the podcast. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, that would be wonderful. Um. um I, I would like to present you with my books if you'd like to have an ebook. Sure, that would be wonderful. I have not read them, but I would love to. Definitely. Thank you. I, I'll send them to you um, by email. Yeah, that would be uh, great. If you like, if you like, I'll even send you my fan fiction. Yes, absolutely. I love fan fiction. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know many authors who really got their start writing fan fiction. Um, and especially writing uh, Xena fan fiction. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that's so much fun. Yeah. I have, uh, I have an idea for writing uh, fan fiction for uh, Perot. Um, Agatha Christie's Perot. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, have, uh, I have some ideas. I just have to find a platform for it. <laughs> well, um, if it's... If it's um... LGBTQ, then my friend, she's very, oh no, she's more into Zina rather than anything else. But in any case, um, I, I, I really um, appreciate that my editor and my publisher were so encouraging to me. Yeah. I never really um, come to this point, to tell you the truth. Oh, that's wonderful. That really is. It's nice to have, um, you know, folks behind you, almost like your cheerleaders, you know? And I have a friend who's a Pulitzer Prize winner, Taylor Ricard. Okay. He, um, she's also um author. She's um, written multiple books and all that. And um, she has been really encouraging me in the sense that I think I have sort of um, uh, evolved as a writer with her help. Oh, that is wonderful to have that nice. Uh friend behind you you know um, exactly yeah. because i don't have any formal um 
uh, training or anything where writing is concerned. It just happens. It just flows down. So you were you were trained uh, formally as a doctor, as a physician. Yes, I'm a pediatrician. Oh, nice. And um, do you still work in that arena? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, great. I can tell you there's an influenza in, uh, epidemic nowadays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And please keep wearing your mask because COVID's not gone. No, it's not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah. Nope, you are so right. I know so many people who have this new variant uh, and it's it's pretty wicked. Yeah, I, uh, these people uh, in my I, I live in an apartment, and I have to actually um, stress the fact that they have to wear uh, masks when they come with me into the lift. Otherwise, I don't allow them to come in. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so yeah, I'm the cranky old woman of the building. <laughs> no, I I you know can totally understand that when I'm in in close quarters, I always. Uh, pull my mask out of my pocket um not so much when i'm outside but yeah definitely in close quarters like a you know a lift uh or as we say in the outside but uh inside yes yeah everybody is coughing and sneezing and um yes yeah and and i don't know about where you are but here in the states um the regular flu that happens at this time of year has been um has already started and that has been um, like pretty significant. Uh, like the the symptoms are pretty major uh, compared to you know some some milder symptoms that we've experienced in the last few years. You're you're right. And um, uh, every uh, ninth child out of ten that I test for uh, influenza, they are positive. Oh my goodness. So it's pretty bad, and I was getting a bit. Um, I, of course, I'm I'm vaccinated, mm-hmm. but children they tend to cough into my face also, <laughs> even though I put a mask. Yeah. You can't stop the poor kids, you know. Yep. <laughs> oh boy! Oh my goodness! Parents are very apologetic. I said, "Look, you can't say anything. It's it's yeah. a little kid. You you yeah. can't say anything to the yeah. poor kid." Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing. That is, you know, we need more. Yeah. So, I, I love my job, so that's okay. Oh, that's wonderful. That That is like not doing work at all if you love what you're doing, right? Exactly, exactly. And and the kids love coming to me because I have stickers and lollipops in my pocket. So. Oh, that's awesome. And play around. I have uh, Tom and Jerry playing on the TV. Oh, and, uh, and they're pretty relaxed. Well, the parents, thank goodness, have said that ever since they've started using me as the pediatrician, the child has always been relaxed um, instead of, you know, coming and kicking and screaming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember when I was a, a little, our uh, doctor that we went to always had um, lollipops for us. And, you know, that's I still remember that. Uh, it's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yesterday, a little Filipino boy came into the clinic and he said, turned around and said to, uh, to his mom, Oh, mama, look, the doctor's my best friend. Aww. See? <laughs> and that is so cute. And then he came and hugged me. Oh, that's so sweet. Aww. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, these, are, these are just little things that make your life more, more shiny, I guess. Definitely. The, the 
perks of the job, right? Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, so Shireen, um, what is your favorite book of all time? I, uh, you know, you did ask me that before, and I really can't think about that because I love reading, and I have read so many books in my time. But I loved the Three Musketeers and um, Oliver Twist and uh, most most of uh, Charles Dickens' books. Yeah, nice. And the classics. I mean, the classics, more or less. And yet, I don't mind reading. Mills and Boone's romance sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Barbara Carter. <laughs> you know, I just started reading after all this time Patricia Cornwell. Um oh, yeah, I've I've read hers too. Um I just read her first one and be then that was before like they had cell phones because there are no uh no cell phones, I think, in that book. Um and uh yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm I liked it so much. I, I'm reading the second one right now, um, and her latest, which is like I don't know her thirty fifth or something, just came out <laughs> the other day. You know, uh, she has the energy. <laughs> she does, and I just saw that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to uh, create a TV show for her out of uh, her K Scarpetta books. So that's nice. So that's. That's really nice. Yeah, maybe we can hope that for your books. They those would <laughs> translate into a, a nice movie or show. I I can see it. That, uh, that's what my uh, sister says. You know, she said I can just see this uh, in a, a TV show or a movie. Definitely. But uh, let's get the people to read it first and have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We'll start there. So you know. Did you have to um, edit much out of your books um, before, you know, your they went to the publishing house? And, um, you know, what what was that like for you? Like, I can't imagine like that's that's your art. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, the first one, yes, because I had a whole lot of uh, medical cases in it. And, um well, my editor wasn't very happy with the gory stuff, so I had to, oh. I had to edit that out a, a bit. I mean, sometimes a doctor doesn't even think that it's gory, you know? Yeah, it's it's your life. You see it every day, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that wasn't uh, too much, because I had actually given her this book as a whole. So um, then um, there weren't any char many characters in it. There was just uh, the medical stuff and how the people were going. And then she said, well, why don't you create some characters for it? Sarah and Tanya were born. So, so then I sort of rewrote the whole thing chapter-wise. I would just send her a chapter every week. Mm -hmm. And um, and she would then send it back to me and edit it out and all that. And that, that wasn't too painful, actually, after that. Because then... Um, my um, book became character centric rather than case centric. Yeah, yeah. And then again, for Bloodlines, is the same. It was the same thing. I just sent her one chapter at a time, which I'm doing the same with Heartlines also. Okay, awesome, fantastic. So yeah, it it was in the beginning. I I used to actually feel a bit bad, but not very bad. But I used to tease my 
editor said, you don't like the gory stuff, you know. <laughs> ah, she has a weak stomach. <laughs> probably, probably. But anyway, um, I've toned things down quite a lot. Okay. So I thought it would be fun, you know, have really gory stuff. <laughs> she didn't think so. <laughs> You didn't think it's not a horror story. <laughs> uh, so what was um, like an early experience in your life when you kind of figured out that words, language has power? Um, well, um, when I was in school, I used to be on the debate team. Uh-huh. And then went on to college also. That's actually the spoken word rather than uh, written word. Yeah. However, whenever my teacher used to give us some essays in class, used to be the standard, you know, our vacation or this or that or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the standard um, subjects and headings. Yes. And I wouldn't write a random run-of-the-mill essay. I would just go and let my fantasy um, take me wherever. I used to spin the whole thing around. And apparently my English teacher was very happy with me. And without my knowing, she uh, sent a few of my essays in for a competition. Wow. And to my surprise, I won the first prize. So I think that was the first time. That is awesome. That is so great for a young person to have that experience. It is, but I didn't actually think about it. But I have been, um, during my uh, time, I've been, I, I've um, written a lot for newspapers, mostly um, uh, medical information, but in a quirky manner, mm-hmm. uh, targeting uh, targeting the parents, the, the mothers, so to say. Okay. And, um, well, I've got... I got some articles in the American Journal of Medicine and the British, British Journal of Medicine, you know, about mm-hmm. yeah. uh, only 15 or 16, I guess. Uh, only. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they're, they're published. And, and then, of course, um, I write for the German medical, uh, so for the German Emirates Club over here, I have an article every month. So, but but my most creative writing is when... I need to admit a person in the hospital and I have to write for the insurance companies. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me that. That's where I work. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, if you just write the patient has fever and needs to be uh, admitted, they say, well, if there's fever, give some paracetamol and send the kids home. Yep. Yep. But uh, we have to... Right in detail that the child has bronchitis, there's RSV, there's ch- child is not breathing properly, and this and that and everything. And well, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate creative. you have to justify, you know, your decisions, right? Yeah, creative As, writing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that is great. So my boss always used to say to me, "Well, uh, we need a medical report. Tell Shireen to write it." <laughs> Wonderful. So they they know what you're capable of, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But n- and nobody's read my book. Oh, they haven't. No, I mean my biggest fans are my brother and his sister. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. Did they like it? Did they give you good feedback? Yeah, actually, um, even though it's uh, about uh, two women and all that, my brother he 
has been passing, buying books and passing them on to my mother's friends. And he's sending me feedback from them, you know, where they say, oh, this is a book that we can't even put down. It's so interesting. Aww. So I felt I felt really nice for his, um, you know, encouragement. Yeah, heck yeah. That's wonderful. That's great. Um, <laughs> like, you know, so um, let's see. So for our listeners, I want to make sure that they know the correct titles. We have Lifelines, which is the first one, and then yes. Bloodlines, and then Heartlines will be released. Which is on its way, yep. under construction. Under construction, soon to be released. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, and and what? where can our listeners find your books? Um, online, can they purchase them? Do you have a website? Yes. Um, and, and you can't buy from my website, but you can get it from Amazon, all the Amazons and um, Barnes and Noble, okay. Apple Books, Kobo Books. Okay. I think, um, and Bella Books. And Bella Books. Okay. Awesome. That is awesome. Great. So a variety of areas to find your, your books. Uh, again, that's Lifelines, Bloodlines which Bloodlines came out this uh, past summer, and um, a new one called Heartlines will be out uh, soon. Probably uh, in the beginning of next year. Awesome. Which will be here before you know it. Uh, uh, well, Lifelines um, also is uh, a 2022 uh, uh, book. It, okay. it was published in January. Oh, okay. So Lifelines came out in January, and then... Uh, in June, Bloodlines came out. Great. Yes. Great. So, um, Shireen, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Well, I, I just say, if you have a dream, follow it. Don't don't say I cannot do it. Don't let don't listen to your inner voice. Nice. Because sometimes the inner voice is negative. Be positive and just go ahead. Yep. Those are excellent words to live by definitely are uh a lot of times we uh get in our own way too much right exactly we are our own uh enemy <laughs> yeah it's true to see. it's true our our negative voices really can hold us back so um yeah that is a uh, great advice so um well that is all the time we have for today i'm anita kelly um and thanks again to shireen Meg Magadin, um, for thank you for yeah, thank you for being here all the way from Dubai, um, <laughs> and thanks to our listeners for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. Um, until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks. <laughs> <laughs>